Welcome to the Practice X Factor, the place to be for mastering membership plans for your business. Here, you'll learn exactly how to grow your patient relationships and accelerate your profits without getting stuck on the dental insurance bandwagon. Why do some practices struggle to find excellent patients while others are thriving and booming like never before? Join the Advanced Membership Network and you'll learn how to find patients that are five to eight times more valuable. You heard that right, five to eight times more valuable than the average insurance patient. Apply to see if you qualify to join Advanced Membership Mastery today by visiting yourpracticegrowth.com forward slash AMM. That's yourpracticegrowth.com forward slash AMM to apply today. Welcome to another episode of the Practice X Factor. We are back to share with you tips, strategies, and tools to grow the membership portion of your practice so you don't have to choose to get stuck on the insurance bandwagon and so you can create better value and deeper relationships with your patients. Now, on this episode, we're talking about how Elon Musk would create a membership plan in your practice. Now, if you listen to uh, a couple of the recent episodes, we've talked about why we suggest you call it a membership plan and not a savings plan or a discount plan. Um, part of that reason is you want to promote the value you give, not attract cheap or discount shoppers. That being said, there are some key and important things that we found that have worked well for us, and we really enjoy sharing those with you on this podcast. Now, Back to Elon Musk, he recently shocked social media when he sent out a, a tweet and essentially told the Tesla employees they either needed to return to the office or find new jobs. Now, this is really interesting because Elon Musk, as you probably know, he's uh, very much on the cutting edge of technology. Um, he's closely followed by you know, millions of social media followers, whether they're all real or not, we don't know because so much of what happens on social media is fake. But Elon Musk, you know, is someone who's constantly pushing the envelope and innovating. And uh, recently he's announced that he plans to buy Twitter. Um, and there's still some negotiations going on there. But it's interesting because everyone thought during the pandemic that work from home was here to stay and that most businesses were going to switch to work from home. And while there will likely be a good place for it, and uh, you know, it probably is going to stay to some degree, it doesn't sound like it's going to be, you know, the whole country moving to 90% work from home with very few offices and buildings. You probably hit Zoom fatigue at this point. Uh, if you have not, you will. But, you know, that's a big part of why we love doing these podcasts is you can pause them and play them at uh, good stopping points. We also try to keep these to anywhere between 10 and 45 minutes so that the message is to the point. So I was thinking about this and I read an article uh, the Inc. magazine posted and it talked about the three C's 
of leadership that Elon Musk adheres to. And I wanted to expand on that and talk about how Elon Musk would build a membership plan if he were a practice owner. Uh, just yesterday, I took my son out to dinner, and uh, we kind of had a, a guy's night out, and we uh, went and drove some go-karts because he really loves cars, and um, I took him to a really good new chicken restaurant uh, not too far from us. And it was interesting because there was a, a group of four people, probably in their early 20s, sitting next to us, and they were talking about working at Amazon, and um, you know, uh, one or two of them had Amazon hats on, so it sounded like they already worked at Amazon. But they were kind of talking about, you know, how to move up the ladder, so to speak, in Amazon, and how to get the maximum amount of paid time off and maximum amount of benefits. And, uh, you know, I don't think they were doing anything that was unethical, but it's an interesting viewpoint because, you know, as a practice owner, sometimes. You can feel lonely or on an island because at the end of the day, you're the one who has the most to gain or the most to lose based on the performance of your practice. And as we talk with our team members in the practices, we create our incentive programs to mirror uh, something that's beneficial for everybody. So something that profits not just the team member, but also the practice so that it's truly a win-win but um, as this group was talking you know I, I thought about this and, and I thought you know out of these four probably zero to one of these people have ever lost thousands or tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars that we deal with as business owners all the time and even if you haven't directly seen that much money leave your bank account You've lost it in other ways, which could be, you know, mishire of a team member, which can be, you know, 10 to 15 times their salary in lost revenue, uh, not monitoring your phones properly, uh, losing referrals, losing production, uh, you know, not getting case acceptance, those kind of things. Those, those sneaky situations creep up on us and they cost us a lot of money. Now, it would be, you know, unrealistic and really just cause yourself a lot of heartburn if you tried to be perfect. And so uh, I'm not suggesting that you try to be perfect by any means, but certainly there are some, usually some big strategies and some small changes that each of us can make on a month to month basis that as we tweak those, we can stop hemorrhaging cash or plug holes in the bucket, so to speak, to make your practice grow. So back to this concept, you know, Elon Musk thinking about, okay, well, if he were to create a membership plan, he would certainly create one that was con consumer-oriented, but also something that would benefit the company and be an all-around win-win situation and something that he would think thoroughly through on what's the cost-benefit analysis of doing this. So the three C's that Elon Musk um, laid out, and we'll go through these each one at a time, the first C is choices. And the choices that he makes as the leader of Tesla is that the results drive the decisions that they make. 
So a lot of practices, even in today's evolving economy and changing landscape of dentistry, are too often a doctor-driven practice or even a patient-driven practice. And we teach on this podcast and to clients and presentations we give that you should have a purpose-driven podcast. And there's a really good book called The Purpose-Driven Church. Um, I've recommended before. If you haven't read it, it's by Rick Warren. And it's incredibly valuable for a great way to build your practice because it's all about grassroots referrals, outstanding customer service, and building a culture that's purpose-driven. And in the the purpose-driven church, uh, Rick Warren talks about this thing called the Nehemiah Principle. It's a concept from the Old Testament that basically says every 26 days, we tend to forget big, important goals or values or things that we're pushing for. And when you create a purpose-driven practice, you can do, just as Elon Musk said, that the results drive the decision. So we found with our membership plans that uh, those patients are usually worth five to eight times the amount of production and collections as patients who are not. And so that's a perfect example of how those results drive our decisions. So when we're thinking about, hey, we want to attract more patients, we probably want to spend five to eight more times, times more money on a membership patient than a non-membership patient, you know, someone who wants to use their insurance or something. And so Elon Musk, if he were to create a membership plan, he would certainly review the data, look at the new patient reports, look at the lead sources on how people are finding your practice, and then he would use that data to make the membership plan attractive and enticing to patients and provide them with incredible value. Teslas are definitely not the cheapest cars you can buy today. And, you know, although they're, uh, you know, designed to be green friendly, um, you know, friends that I have who have Teslas talk about, you know, the change and it's different, right? You have to charge the car and get a few hundred miles and sometimes you forget to plug it in at night and, and those kind of things. But Tesla people are avid followers and the people who love Tesla are uh, sneezers as Seth Godin would refer to him. Uh, marketer Seth Godin he talks about people who are sneezers are people who spread your message for you. And so Tesla uh, does a really good job at making other Tesla owners just naturally bring into their conversation the how much they love their cars. And indirect referrals are the best type of referrals you can get in your practice. And those are referrals where your patients can't help but talk about you because of how great the service was. And if your membership plans are high value, give your patients what they want, you make it easy for them to buy, convenient, provide lots of great perks and benefits, then they can't help but talk about that to their friends and neighbors. All right, number two is being confident. Okay, that's the second C. So Elon Musk, his message, 
He is confident. He says things that are often controversial, things that provoke people, things that sometimes offend people. But that's okay because he knows who his target market is. He knows who he wants to talk to. He knows who his customers are. And he knows other businesses or investments he wants to make. And when it comes to presenting fees, too many practice owners are shy of fees. Too many practice owners don't want to talk fees with the patients. And we believe that giving your patient a ballpark range is something that providers should be able to do because it promotes transparency and it promotes confidence. Now, uh, we don't recommend that doctors and hygienists get into the nuts and bolts of exact amount, dollars and cents, benefits, those kind of things. But when you have a membership plan, it should be really easy to say, hey, the membership costs you know, about this much up front or about this much per month, depending on which payment plan you choose. right? Or if you need a crown, usually costs about this much, depending on benefits, payment options, or your membership benefits in our office. And that's a really helpful way to break the ice, engage your patient, get some questions going, and then you bring your treatment coordinator in them for them to go over the nuts and bolts. But remember, the most important job for the provider is to get case acceptance, not to do the treatment. Because there are plenty of talented clinicians who can do a lot of great dentistry. Uh, I know a lot of clinically eye-hand coordination skilled dentists and hygienists, but I know far fewer who can really walk their patients through the story of where they are and where they want to get and give them some options on how to get there without confusing them and building relationships along the way where you can look them in the eyes ask engaging questions and you need to be able to train your team to do that you need to be able to constantly refine the way you do it if you're seeing patients if you're not seeing patients then you need to teach your providers to do that and know who you're talking to so who's your target patient your target market if you try to please everybody you won't please anybody and it's okay to say hey it sounds like you're probably not the best fit for our office here are some recommendations on other offices that may be better fit for you. It's a liberating feeling, and you're doing what's best for the patient, which is part of the white coat that we wear, is do no harm to our patients, be ethical, be honest. The third C of Elon Musk's leadership philosophy is communication. And with communication, you need to be clear. This goes from expectations of treatment to expectations of your team. Uh, a really good saying that I like is communication is the result you get. And if you're frustrated with how your team is handling the service of your patients or communicating over the phone or reporting back to you or managing your weekly scorecard, then that's really, that communication, at least a good portion of that falls back on you as the owner because you need to set the tone and set the leadership example for your team. And I've found many times that when I'm not getting the result I want or what I expect, that's because I haven't communicated well enough. The principle we've adapted 
uh, in our practice, we call it two-to-one communication. That means if I'm going to communicate something, I need to do it two ways to the person receiving it if I want to be sure that they have a copy of what I've sent them or given them. So if it's uh, uh, confirming an appointment with a patient, text automation softwares are great, but that shouldn't take away someone calling them. Now it's different because when you call your patients, you're not calling to say, hey, Mary, I'm just confirming your appointment tomorrow at 10 a.m. when they already replied to the text, okay? So you got to make it creative and different. Hey, Mary, this is Tyler from Smith Family Dental, and I just wanted to call. Thank you for confirming your appointment tomorrow at 10 a.m. I wanted to go over a few things. You'll be seeing Sally, our hygienist. She's very excited to see you. And Dr. Smith will sit down with you and go over your treatment plan and updates to your health and any new findings they have. What questions do you have for us, Mary? And make that call different and engaging, and that's what we call two-to-one communication. Some people who don't communicate well, meaning patients or team members who aren't very responsive, you might need to do three-to-one or four-to-one. You might need to send them an email as well or a letter or find other creative ways to get in touch with them. Uh, when we're scheduling a new patient, we like to find multiple ways to communicate with them before their first appointment whenever possible. It's not as easy to do when they're coming in tomorrow and they just schedule today or they have an emergency. But the more ways you can creatively engage with your patients, the better your results are going to be and the better you can set the expectations because good communication will not only attract the right kind of patients, it will naturally repel the ones who aren't a good fit. So if you have someone who's always late and they never have money when they come in and they always say they're going to call you and they don't, if that's the not the culture in your practice, you probably want to dismiss that patient. Uh, we had one just last week um, who has a, a very large treatment plan she wanted to get done, but she's missed a couple appointments, and she promised us she would be there. So I was training the team on how we don't put up with that and showed them a text message that I sent. It said something to the, long, the lines of, hey, unfortunately, because you've missed three appointments in the past nine months, we will no longer be able to see you. We're going to send you a letter that will include three other offices that may be a better fit for your schedule. We wish you all the best. And then we'll send them that letter. And you want to check your state guidelines. But um, for us uh, in Utah, we will make ourselves available for any emergency treatment that patient has the next 30 days. But as far as any long-term care, uh, we will not see that patient. And, you know, you need to, to make sure you know what you stand for and know what you will tolerate because those patients will jam up your schedule. They'll send false expectations for production and time blocking for your day. And it's a huge waste of time when you could be seeing another patient or training your team or working on the marketing calendar in your practice. So setting that tone is important. We had we actually had two patients that day. We had another patient who we had referred out a while ago because she verbally accepts treatment, but she never does anything. And uh, she's also had some, uh, you know, 
apparent financial challenges. And so we referred her to some low-cost clinics. And we predicted exactly what was going to happen, which was she wanted to shop around, but the service was below her expectation, and she was having problems with some teeth, and she said they couldn't find anything. We took some intraoral pictures, and we could show her plain as day that she had cracked, decayed molars that were certainly problematic and that, you know, she needed to get those addressed. And she kind of asked, well, why did they not say anything? And we don't like to throw other offices under the bus. So we simply said, hey, you know, if they were looking at these pictures, they would be just as concerned. We're going to send you with a copy. And, you know, she was a patient that shouldn't have come back into the practice. So she was mistakenly scheduled. So we had to calibrate and align and teach the team on reviewing the notes more carefully for those kind of patients so that we could have a phone call with them and not waste time on our schedule thinking we're reactivating a patient when in fact there's someone we'd already decided was not a good fit. Now we do it in a very professional way. Uh, We still give them gold star service and tour of the office and make sure that their questions are answered. Um, But takes a lot of time and energy and cost to do that and so you can't be wasting time doing that with people who have no intention to pay and don't feel like you have to see somebody just because you have been their doctor or dentist in the past you you can't neglect patients and you don't want to neglect patients but you can dismiss them from your practice when they're not adhering to the principles and the purpose you've built your practice on You know, when you look at a company like Apple and you look at the boxes that they put their iPads and Apple Watches and iPhones in, the boxes alone are incredible. And I was was looking at at one of the Apple devices we had the other day because we got a couple new Apple devices. And, you know, I was amazed at how much thought and engineering and marketing goes into the box that your device comes in. It is a very nice box. The box itself looks expensive, but it looks very valuable. And so, you know, some people don't like Apple because they think, well, Apple's a ripoff because they are the highest priced phones and the highest priced tablets, which they may not be anymore, but they're certainly not the cheapest. And, you know, Apple does that intentionally because they want to repel people who are just going to complain about the phone and waste time at the Apple store and say how much they hate what Apple does, they repel them before they even buy by making that nice box. So part of your marketing message is attracting the right people also repels people who are not a good fit. And when dentists get into territory wars over, you know, talking about there's too many dentists in our neighborhood and too many, well, you look at the ones who say that and most of them are doing the exact same things that all the other offices are doing. So this is a good lesson on finding ways to be different and stand out from the crowd because then you're not in competition with those other offices. It's apples and oranges. And sure, you might have some overlapping services, but every office is so different. There are no two offices I've ever been in that are run the same. Even when they're you know clients of the same consulting or marketing company, the application is so different, and so you need to take that and make that the message that you broadcast to your patients on how you're different and who you want to attract 
and teach your team that so that they have the confidence to say no when necessary so that the right people will say yes more often. The famous ad man, David Ogilvy, from the, you know, he, he was around really in the golden age, so to speak, of advertising, which was in the 60s. Um, he said that good marketing will just make a bad product fail faster. And you see that in practices. And, and you know, I've had times where it's happened in my practice where we'll market things really well, we'll get acceptance really well on things, but if the lab's not organized and the implant system isn't organized and there's not a good system for collecting the money and scheduling the patient, then the collections just gets hammered because it's so expensive to do all those things. And you've got to make sure you're paying your team members on time and paying your vendors on time to keep good relationships. That that type of, uh, you know, if the marketing's good, it's just going to make, it's just going to amplify the problems in your practice. And that, you know, goes back to communication and setting the proper expectations. We have something we call the culture triangle in our practice. And there's three sides to it. One of them is having a can-do attitude, and that one's non-negotiable. So every team member that we hire is expected to have a can-do attitude. If someone does not or they lose that can-do attitude, then they will be released from the team because that is a primary core value of the office, and it's part of our purpose, and everyone's expected to have that. And the other two sides of the triangle have to do with goals and milestones that we want to set up for each team member and if we haven't outlined those expectations then they're not going to hit them and and you know hiring people is just 20% of it the other 80% is constantly reminding them of their responsibilities and it's not always fun but as the leader that's something you need to do regularly and consistently just like the 26 day Nehemiah principle that we mentioned earlier um so if you're losing money in your practice right now, which happens to all of us at times, you know, we're in a time of inflation and costs are rising, um, that you've got to really manage the numbers and you've got to think about decreasing expenses and increasing income. And there are good arguments for both, but I think that uh, a well-oiled practice is doing both all the time, uh, usually focusing more on the income piece of it because that's what the machine that generates uh, patients and provides care month after month after month. But, you know, you've also got to look at expenses that you could cut out that are unnecessary or renegotiate with vendors, and that's basically free money where the tax has already been paid, so there's no additional tax on, you know, cutting an expense. When you, uh, you know, take your credit card bill down from $45,000 a month to $35,000 a month, that 10000 is freed up cash because you've already paid the taxes and the payroll on it from the collections you've already done, and that can be a huge boost to your bottom line or reinvesting in the practice or reinvesting in your marketing. Uh, when, when you think about the membership plan, we really like to look at it as an efficient practice versus an, an effective practice. And an efficient practice would be you know, a practice that probably does a lot of PPOs, maybe even HMOs, a lot of insurance, and that's a very lean, mean machine, and there's nothing wrong with that model. A lot of people do it, 
and they do it well. But if you have that type of practice, in my, in my experience, it's very difficult to also be the kind of practice that is very effective and really builds deep, deep relationships with their patients and frees up time for the doctor and creates an environment where you know patients feel out of the park home run special and uh you know there are some rare instances but you've got to decide which kind of model you want because if you try to have one foot in both it is very difficult because it sends mixed messages and if you have a membership practice where that's a big part of what you do uh, you can actually distort the message and water down the experience for your membership patients that you're trying to create when too much insurance talk creeps in. You know, we've established in our practice that we always ask, are you self-pay or insured? Because we don't want it to be a yes or no question. But we also lead with self-pay because then that engages the patient in a different way than saying, do you have insurance? Because if you ask it that way and they don't have it, what do they feel like? Probably that they don't have insurance, so maybe they're not ex as acceptable. Maybe they can't get the ideal treatment they want. Maybe they only do the minimum. Maybe it's going to cost too much. Versus when you lead with, are you self-pay or insured? Then it lets them know, hey, self-pay is okay, there is nothing wrong with being self-pay in this office, and it sounds like they're happy to work with me on that. And then that leads into discussion on payment options and membership plans and makes it a really, really good way to train your team in just a couple phrases on how to treat patients. We're dealing with a vendor right now. Um, they installed this, this cooling system for us that's pretty neat because it uh, essentially pulls the heat out of your building or your home at night uh, by by flushing the hot air out of the attic so that your building cools it's very low cost um, it keeps the air fresher in your building because it recycles or cycles out all the air every two minutes in your home or your office and uh, I provided this vendor with a lot of business but I soon found out you know after they installed everything how quick they were to install it but the service is so so slow it takes forever for them to respond they're always running behind um, they had a billing issue where they charged us twice it took like six or eight weeks to get that refunded um, I can tell they're in a huge cash crunch and I feel really bad for what they're going through because it's a family owned and operated business and obviously they're struggling but the transparency is not there, and they're in a position where they're hurting, and they want the business, but they probably haven't managed their cash flow well, and they probably need to look at their fees. You know, for what they're providing, I think they could charge quite a bit more, and it would still be well worth it because when you compare it to the cost of solar or other alternative um, you know, energy and heating and cooling systems, it's very, very cost-effective. You know, it's still several thousands dollars, but very cost effective and easy to install. And, you know, we've really enjoyed having it. But, um, you know, this is a, a company I'm going to actually chat with the owner and see if maybe I could 
help them out with, you know, looking over some of their financials and see if we can help help them make some adjustments um, because, you know, I, I like to see every business do well because it not only does the rising tide lift all ships, but you don't want to see anybody you know or you've worked with, you know, go out of business or go bankrupt or, you know, have to totally change what they're doing because of cash. And, you know, all of us have glimpses of this at times. We had, you know, uh, years back when we were just a few years into practice, we had we got hit with a huge tax bill because the tax was gro- the practice was growing that we weren't prepared for, and those were scary times. And and you've probably had instances like that too. And that's where, as an owner, we have to be able to weather the ups and downs of those storms. And they're not always fun. Um, they're almost never fun, in fact. But we learn a lot from them, and we grow the most. And so those are the things that, that really help build your leadership and challenge your integrity. But when you handle it the right way, it makes you a better person and your team will really look up to you. And nothing's more important as a leader than having the trust of your team and them seeing that you practice what you preach. When it comes to membership plans, remember these three C's and remember never cut corners on your members, all right? When it comes to the patients in your practice who are members, those patients should get the best service, best care, and the the largest portion of your time devoted to them because by design, they're going to be more loyal and committed and more likely to refer patients because they're not coming to you because of whatever insurance you take. And there's nothing wrong with that if, if someone does see that. But they're more likely to change if their insurance changes. Whereas your membership patients will often say, uh, in lieu of insurance, I'm just going to do this membership plan. This sounds like a better fit for me. And I really like this office and I like the doctors and the providers. And so this month, sit down with your team and look at your expenses and your income and figure out what things can go up and what things can go down. And we have some cool strategies for for doing that. Um, If you'd like to learn more, just reach out to the office, and we have some different products and services we can talk more about. But, But some of the most valuable time you can spend with your team members is just going through item by item and figuring out what the heck are all these charges coming in? How could we cut some of these out without uh, cutting back on the experience of our membership patients? And then think of the three C's, choices, confidence, and communication. And think about, hey, we have this membership plan in our practice, and we want more patients to join. Set a meeting up with your team and talk about how would we get more people interested in this membership plan? How can we make the presentation better? Role play those with your team. Uh, Nothing beats role play when it comes to learning. If you just are always telling, then your team's not going to be buying what you're selling. You need to let them role play and struggle through it and practice behind the scenes so that they can have questions and objections and input and you can work on those as a team and use it to your advantage to grow your practice. So thanks for listening to this episode. We'd love your feedback. Please go on to iTunes, leave us a review, good, bad, or ugly. We really appreciate the input. 
We appreciate our listeners and all of the comments we've received. And until next time, we'll look forward to talking with you on the next episode. Have a great month. For more tools and tips on how to create an X-Factor membership practice, visit yourpracticegrowth.com and subscribe to our free weekly email today.